0: With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation-free radical exposure are a particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. N-T-Factor's breakthrough lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with N-T-Factor combines the benefits of N-T-Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to NTFactor.com. That's NTFactor.com or call 800 982 9158. 800 982 9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder. And get breathe clear with NT Factor absolutely free, and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals.
1: Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald
0: Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's a weekend, that means it's time for me to share vital health information with you. Intelligent medicine is about the best of natural therapies. And we also review high-tech medical innovations. Putting those together for you is the task of intelligent medicine. You can participate by calling 877-726-8255. That's our number. And we got lots to talk about today, lots in the mailbag, and uh, also uh, lots of people affording themselves of the opportunity to record a question. Because if you call 877-726-8255, you get on the show during the show. But if you call any other time, you can record a question. We've got some great recorded questions that will provide us with fodder for some interesting discussions, plus a lot of news stories from the week. I'll start with this one. It has to do with postpartum depression. Postpartum depression is a tragedy because in addition to threatening the well-being of the mom, it also threatens the well-being of the child because mothers who suffer from postpartum depression, uh, they have trouble coping with the newborn and that uh, interferes with uh, the important bonding that occurs in early uh, infancy and also uh, it may even increase the risk of suicide for the mother. And so it's a devastating condition. It's said to affect up to one in eight births. So the incidence in the U.S., 500,000 cases a year. And lo and behold, they've come up with a new drug that can treat postpartum depression, and this illustrates kind of a case study for what is happening in modern medicine, which is that we have nutritional solutions at hand, but those are less popular than blockbuster new drugs that can generate a lot of profit and offer a quick fix for a problem whose basis may be in lifestyle. Basis may be in nutrition to a large extent. So there's a very interesting op-ed that appeared in the Wall Street Journal this week entitled, Proper Nutrition Can Prevent Postpartum Depression. The author or authors, Dr. David McCarran and Dr. Daniel Hatton, claim the new drug is a breakthrough. They acknowledge it. But taking calcium during pregnancy may minimize the need for it. They should know because they've done the research in a 2001 paper for the Archives of Women's Mental Health. We and our co-authors, they say, reported that the incidence of postpartum depression could be reduced by simply improving calcium nutrition during and after pregnancy. In the study, women received either placebo or 2,000 milligrams of calcium a day. That's a lot mineral help prevent preeclampsia, but in an unforeseen finding, they found that the calcium supplemented group had a much reduced risk of severe postpartum depression. Of the calcium supplemented group, only 6% had severe depression compared with 15% of the placebo recipients. So yeah, that's interesting. And what is also of interest, and not mentioned in the op-ed, I looked up the trial that resulted in the approval of the new drug. It's called Zerzuvay. The generic name is Zeranolone. It's an important advance because, yeah, it might forestall devastating depression, even suicide in women suffering from postpartum depression, But here's a hitch. Women in the study were told to refrain from breastfeeding, which is very important for the health and well-being of the offspring because of the potential for uncertain effects on the child's developing brain. They just didn't know. I mean, it's a drug that influences mood, might help a mom. What does it do to the baby? And so... There's a lot more than calcium that can have an impact on postpartum depression. A recent study from 2021 in a journal called Frontiers of Nutrition. Uh, It's a Chinese study. And I'll read the discussion. To our knowledge, this is the first study to assess the association of dietary quality and postpartum depression in the first year postpartum. The authors found that nearly one-third of Chinese lactating women in the first year postpartum suffered from depressive symptoms. That's even higher than in the U.S. Those with younger age, lower education, uh, having their first child, and with less support from husband or partner were more vulnerable. Okay, so that goes without saying. There are sociological, societal, familial problems associated with the risk for postpartum depression. The dietary quality of lactating women was poor. The intake of vegetables, fruits, dairy, soybean, and fish and shrimp was insufficient, and the food variety was very limited. Depressed women had less vegetable intake and had more insufficient food variety. An imbalanced diet was associated with an increased risk of postpartum depression. So... Pregnancy is something that's kind of hard to mess up when it comes to the child. Yes, there's a higher incidence of prematurity when women have terrible diets. There's fetal alcohol syndrome. There are uncertain effects of using marijuana during pregnancy. But most kids recover even from relatively poor diets. But the mom, because the nutrients are are preferentially shunted to the developing baby. That's the way of nature. It prioritizes prioritizes coming generations. Because the nutrients are shunted to the baby, the the mother may end up bereft of important nutrients. And there's also speculation that omega-3 fatty acids may be helpful here too. A study in 2011 Pregnant women taking fish oil capsules containing DHA showed a consistent six-point lower mean depression score after pregnancy across numerous time points than did those receiving placebo. And what they're saying, too, is that it can enhance the developmental scores of the offspring up to nine months after birth. So you get even more bang from your buck after consuming DHA. Helps the mom, helps the baby. Uh, Other studies have speculated that vitamin D may be helpful. Turns out that women with postpartum depression usually score lower on vitamin D levels. Zinc has been linked to mood disorders and may play a role, although studies are scanty in terms of zinc supplementation of women. Also B vitamins may play an important role. B vitamins often encouraged to forestall the risk of neural tube defects in babies. And other nutrients may play a role, magnesium, selenium. But unfortunately, not a lot of steady dollars allocated to evaluating the role of nutrition in preventing postpartum depression. Instead, we like to, to encourage the use of new breakthrough drugs like Zurzuve, yes, an important advance, but adverse side effects, somnolence, dizziness, uh, more and excessive sedation were more common, and, and that's not ideal for a mother caring for a newborn infant. So, yeah, um, interesting contrast between the way that we prioritize drugs, and the way that we tend to ignore nutrition in our current medical paradigm. 877 726 or number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoppen. We'll take your phone calls momentarily here on Intelligent Medicine.
2: Our bodies depend on a potent powerhouse of beneficial bacteria that support and improve every aspect of our health. Dr. O'Hara's formula encourages probiotics to function at their peak performance. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Go to www.essentialformulas.com for a retailer near you. That's essentialformulas.com.
0: You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to dearhoffmanstore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript Sharing information, taking your questions, 877-726-8255. We've got John from Connecticut. Welcome.
3: Hi, Dr. Hoffman. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Yourself? Oh, okay. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a 63-year-old diabetic on Lancet insulin, and, when I, and I had high blood pressure, too. It was like up in the 140s. We'll jump up to there, so that's like stage two high blood pressure, right? Yeah. And he wanted to give me medication, and I said, no, 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 no. So I got some fish oil, better fish oil, that has 600 EPA and 300 DHA, and it's got 1,200 milligrams of omega-3 fish oil. Uh, What's the most important? You said uh, DHA and EPA are the most important things, right, to worry about with a fish oil? Well, here's the
0: interesting part, is that, uh, when it comes to heart, uh, and, you know, that is a concern if you have diabetes and hypertension, uh, it seems like EPA plays more of a role than DHA. In fact, some studies suggest that DHA may somewhat take the edge off the beneficial effects of EPA for the heart, but DHA is extremely important for the brain, as was illustrated by what I was talking about in the previous segment. Uh, in terms of postpartum depression, it's the DHA that's kind of the business end of the fish oil. It works for women, and it also improves uh, IQ scores, developmental scores in children. So I think it's a good idea to take a mix of EPA and DHA, but I have a concern for you, because if you've got diabetes and you're on insulin, you have a higher risk for heart disease and or stroke, and your blood pressure is running kind of high, and yes, fish oil can lower blood pressure, but it may not lower blood pressure sufficiently. So you can try the fish oil, see if your blood pressure goes down. I might also suggest other things like magnesium is often helpful for lowering blood pressure. And one of my favorite things for lowering blood pressure is kaiolic aged garlic extract. It has the ability to uh, take blood pressure down by a few points, and that may be helpful. But there is a relationship between insulin and blood pressure to the extent you can reduce your dependency on insulin, that would be good by exercise, by diet. There are even some studies that suggest that some of these new weight loss drugs, Ozempic, Munjaro, can reduce the need for insulin. Less insulin means less of an impetus to high blood pressure. If you lose weight, you're also going to have less high blood pressure. So that might be the play when you next visit your doctor. 877-726-8255, number. And here's an item from uh, Italy. You know, Italy prides itself on its food culture. And, in fact, it's a very, very important part of the economy. And and different regions of uh, Italy, uh, just as in France and Germany, uh, many countries in Europe do this, uh, they're certified by the government for producing unique food products, unique wines, unique cheeses, uh, various uh, unique dishes come from different regions. And it's an important part of the culture and the economy. Introducing synthetic food. Synthetic food, well, there's a lot of synthetic food that is part of our diets now in the West. But specifically, uh, there's this new notion that we can culture meat. We can take cells, clone them, grow them in enormous vats, and make synthetic meat, the idea being is that it's better for the environment. In Italy, they don't cotton into that idea. And although this is a burgeoning industry in the United States, it's not clear if it's going to make it, if it's going to be scalable, because right now, uh, you know, a little itty-bitty piece of synthetic hamburger uh, will cost you about 45 bucks. Well, Synthetic food bill passes in the Italian Senate. Production and marketing ban approved with 93 yes, 28 no, and 33 abstentions. So it wasn't even close. I mean, there were some, I guess, some legislators who may have been in the pocket of industry who said, yeah, bring it on. The bill prescribes a ban on the production and marketing of synthetic food and feed... The draft is being examined by the Chamber of Deputies. It contains a rule that prohibits the designation of "meat" for foods obtained from vegetable proteins. So, the Impossible Burger, you won't be in Italy. You won't be able to call it uh, uh, "il burger impossibile" or whatever they say in Italian. Uh, the uh, opposition of Italians to synthetic foods is even more prevalent among the people than in Parliament. Uh, the uh, bill is supported by 74% of Italians. Uh, it reads, and I'm quoting, a response to the great mobilization, uh, which has led to the collection of over 2 million signatures in support of the provision. Uh, the vote in the Senate, uh, which uh, now uh, bans the production of synthetic foods in Italy, uh, a country that is famous for its food culture. And, you know, I think We ought to have a grassroots movement in the United States uh, to restrict the production of these things because they claim that they're an advance and that they're good for the environment. But actually, studies show that they may be bad for the environment. The carbon dioxide emitted for each kilogram produced is 4 to 25 times higher than that of traditional beef. So where's the good in that? There are also 53 potential health hazards linked to laboratory produced foods. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, 877 726 8255, our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their reserve collection a gummy. The Reserve Collection is a specifically curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and now gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman And use coupon code HOFFMAN30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for PlusCBD's new reserve collection gummies. Back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. we got lots of questions from listeners. 877-726-8255 gets you into the doctor's office during the program. It's also a way to record a question. So let's hear one of
1: those. Is vegetable pills and fruit pills good for you?
0: okay well, that is a very very interesting question and so there is a concern obviously about the prevalence of pesticides and herbicides on produce and one way that people seek to eliminate that risk is by peeling their fruits and vegetables so examples might be uh peeling your apples uh, even peeling your kiwis and your pears and your peaches. Uh, a lot of people don't bother peeling their grapes. You know the expression, peel me a grape. But there's also vegetables that we peel. Uh, routinely, we peel potatoes. And that makes for a better texture when we make things like mashed potatoes. But when we bake potatoes... Usually around the table, there are two groups of folks, the folks who don't like the peels and they scoop out the innards and the folks who say, save me the peels because I like the peels. Uh, I'm personally one of the latter folks, especially when the peels are a nice toasty golden brown. And if you want to reduce your intake of carbohydrates, well, Eat more of the peels and less of the insides, which are rich in starch. So I did a little bit of a deep dive on this question. And it turns out that if you peel your produce, you're going to miss out. So a statistic, a raw apple with skin contains up to 332% more vitamin K, 142% more vitamin A, 115% more vitamin C, 20% more calcium, and up to 19% more potassium than a peeled apple. And that's not even mentioning the polyphenols, the phenolic compounds that are found in fruit skin, especially quercetin. There's far more quercetin in apple skin than in apple pulp in the flesh. And similarly, a boiled potato with skin can deliver up to 175% more Vitamin C, 115% more Potassium, 111% more Folate, 110% more Magnesium and Phosphorus than a peeled one. So they say that 31% of the total amount of fiber in a vegetable can be found in the skin. So you got a problem with fiber, yeah maybe you want to take the skins off, but most people need more fiber. And it turns out that antioxidant levels can be up to 328 times higher in fruit peels than in pulp. That's according to a recent study. So, therefore, you might say eating your fruits and vegetables unpeeled can truly increase your nutrient intake. And so it's kind of a risk-benefit equation. Uh, First of all, I think it's important to get whatever possible organic fruits and vegetables... Because there's less likelihood that they're going to have pesticide and herbicide residues. Although that is not a hundred percent, not a hundred percent surety that you will avoid the presence of pesticides, because they're ubiquitous in the environment. Uh, the the other thing is that you can remove some of that by washing, washing. And especially, you know, using a brush. And this is what I do on potatoes, because potatoes, they sometimes look a little dirty. So I'll take uh, a brush and brush the potatoes, but not peel them, uh, thereby removing some of the toxic residue on the surface without eliminating the nutrient-rich peel. So my preference is to eat the pills, the peels whenever possible. Uh, I think that they deliver more nutrition, more fiber. Uh, You just need to take the precaution that some of the fruits and vegetables are highly treated with pesticides and herbicides. You can go to EWG, the Environmental Working Group. They've got an interesting section called the Dirty Dozen, the fruits and vegetables that are the worst culprits, where you really want to go organic, and then They have a few that doesn't really matter that much because the potential for pollution is not that great. An example might be avocados, you know, organic avocados. Well, you know, you take the peel off anyway. Avocados, who eats the peel? And so it's less likely that the herbicides and pesticides are going to penetrate the interior. Some will. Some will. But not as much. Most of it resides on the outside, the part of the avocado that you don't eat eight seven 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 two six eight two five five our number let's take a call from john in florida how you doing john i'm doing good how you doing doctor very well thanks
3: okay um Sixty-one years old. Uh, My older sister, who's 65, had a heart attack. I've never had any problems, but I decided to see a So there's family
0: history. So what you're saying is, yes, there is family history. And especially in a female, you know, it gets my attention more because women are less prone to heart attacks. So maybe, just maybe, your family's a little more prone than than usual to heart disease. Go ahead.
3: Yep. So, So I decided to see a cardiologist. I mentioned it to my primary care, and he said, just see one. So the cardiologist said... I look good, but he had me do a calcium score test. It's like some type of CT scan. Very good. I've been advocating those for 25 years. Yep. Okay. He said my number came out to 221, which I guess isn't a good number. And he would like me to increase my Lipitor that I've probably been on for 30 or 35 years from 10 milligrams to 40 milligrams. And he's also would like me to have a stress test. Is there anything mm-hmm. else you think I can do to help with taking some other type of natural things or something? Well, absolutely. If, you know, what this signals is that you have moderately
0: high risk. You know, you're not like uh, on the precipice of a disaster here. But a 221 score suggests, and you sound like a relatively young guy. How old are you? 61. 61. So that is a concern because we plan on being around on the planet for another 40 years or so? Something like that, right? Hope. Yeah, okay. So 40 years... And that score progresses, and it's even more likely that while you may not experience problems in your early 60s, you know, 70s, 80s, uh, you might be at high risk. So you really need to undertake prevention. So patient like you would come to me. I'd say, let's take inventory on what's going on. Why are you at risk? Are you overweight? Are you not exercising? Uh, other factors, LPA, uh, homocysteine, C-reactive protein. We kind of, you know, run the deck on other risk factors, blood sugar, what's your hemoglobin A1C, can we optimize those? Because those will have an impact on your outcomes. Uh, then when it comes to, and by the way, I agree with the suggestion. You know, and some some folks are going to say, "Why? Why? you're for statins? Yeah, I got to say that an individual moderately high risk like yourself, you may need more than just a touch of Lipitor, 40 milligrams, a little more. Let's see what happens to your LDL cholesterol. And we also might want to measure your ApoB. And that's going to confer some degree of protection. But if we don't deal with inflammation, and that's based on a test called the HSCRP, you're not working on all burners. So you also have to look at inflammation. There are natural anti-inflammatories like fish oil, uh, curcumin. Uh, you can use bergamot. Uh, It's even been suggested people use a medication called colchicine if they have a high level of inflammation. That's actually been very ancient medicine, uh, been around for millennia. Uh, It's available as an inexpensive supplement uh, or prescription, and it can be used to reduce risk. And so you kind of need a a comprehensive program of prevention. I would also recommend something like Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract. Because that too has been shown to slow the progression of coronary artery calcium. Uh, that study done in conjunction with statins. So statins alone, yeah, you know, that's pretty good. But when you add aged garlic extract, you're gonna get an even further reduction in risk. So uh there you have it. I mean that's kind of a comprehensive program or an outline of one that yep. you need to undertake. And, and yes, get a stress test, okay? Because the stress test may indicate a potential blockage, which may need to be looked at. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I agree with, I totally agree with the management. And I think it was great that your doctor did a coronary artery calcium score test, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I wrote an article about a couple of weeks ago in our newsletter. You can take a look at it. There are other newer imaging studies that are more precise, but that's a good start. And, it's highlighted at a relatively young age that you have some risk and you need to begin to pay attention to it. Okay. So, uh, there you have it. I appreciate very much the call. 877-726-8255, our number. And you know, with frequent wildfires contributing to airborne or airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation and free radical exposure are a particular concern, but you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. NT Factor's breakthrough lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor with the aforementioned quercetin, which you can get from apples, but there's lots of quercetin in this Breathe Clear supplement, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, you can buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder, which is what I use, and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor Free. Just go to NTFactor.com. That's NTFactor.com or call 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT factor, absolutely free as a bonus, and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. All right, when it comes to blood pressure, and we had a question about blood pressure with uh, a caller from Connecticut earlier. That was John. Uh, What type of exercise is best for reducing blood pressure? Well, they did a study on it. It's a meta-analysis. Uh, They looked at 270 clinical trials involving nearly 16,000 participants. And they looked at the effects of different types of exercise on blood pressure. And there are various forms of exercise. You can do aerobic exercise. You can bike. You can swim. uh, You can run. Do stationary bike. Do the elliptical. Well, that's aerobic exercise. Then you can do strength training. You can pump iron or use a universal machine, free weights. Uh, there's also something called isometric exercise. An example of isometric exercise is a plank where in yoga, you prop yourself up. If you're strong, you do it on your hands. If you're not so good at doing pushups, you can do it, uh, on your forearms and you prop yourself up and you see if you can do that for 30, 45, 60 seconds. And it turns out that that is beneficial for blood pressure. Another way of doing it is to squat against a wall. It's called a wall squat. Don't need a lot of equipment for it. All you need is a wall, which presumably most of you have. And you prop yourself up against the wall and you see how long you can squat against the wall. Timing it 15, 30, 45, 60. And you're gonna feel a burn, but it's also gonna have a beneficial effect on blood pressure. Another way of doing this, maybe you're not that fit. Well. Get yourself some grippers, some isometric grippers, because those too will have a beneficial effect. If you grip and hold for a period of time, that has very, very interesting feedback effects on your circulatory system, your autonomic nervous system. And it turns out isometric exercise, not to the exclusion of other exercise, all exercise good for blood pressure, but isometric exercise most effectively targets high blood pressure. 877 726 our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine. As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional-grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra-strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health, astaxanthin 12-milligram extra strength. It's a naturally-occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection, and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order.
1: New look, same trusted formulas. As part of Wakanaga of America's 50th anniversary, their flagship product Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract has a new look. The new packaging clearly communicates each formula's unique characteristics and benefits at a glance. The added QR code allows consumers to scan for more info. Aged Garlic Extract has been shown to support optimal cardiovascular health, including blood pressure and cholesterol, immune function and more. It is organically grown. Welcome back to the of Medicine.
0: Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. 877-726-8255 are numbers. Did you care to call during the program? Vaccine mandates are still a thing this fall at many colleges and universities. And as parents prepare to send their kids back to school, it's creating kind of a dilemma. And there's a whole lot of inconsistency about these policies. In New Jersey, uh, Rutgers University is continuing to require students to provide proof of immunization, COVID 19, or face possible disenrollment from the school. They're going to kick them out. And it, this uh, move is being criticized by a state legislator, Senator Declan O'Scanlon, and many of his colleagues in New Jersey. Senator Declan Oskanland sharply criticized Rutgers' ongoing COVID vaccine mandate as being out of step with science and logic. And the inconsistency is partly because they're saying, uh, you need to get the first two shots, but there's not a booster requirement. So, you know, why get the first two shots? Because any benefit there might have been from the initial vaccine has long since waned in the face of continuously evolving strains. And also the fact that many of these uh, young college students, they've already had COVID once, twice, maybe three times. So why why is this population who are at less risk of serious complications? And there are some exceptions. There's some people with underlying health problems. Maybe they've got uh, poorly controlled diabetes or some immune problem. Okay, maybe in a discussion with their doctor, it's decided that they take the booster. A booster that is, as of yet, of unproven efficacy. And especially concerning is the fact that young College men, in particular, are at higher risk of myocarditis when they get the previous vaccines. So why is the risk-benefit equation tilted in favor of the hypothetical projected protection when we don't really know if it's going to provide a lot of protection because the current vaccine is our best guess at what's coming down the pike it's not been proven effective it's only been shown to raise neutralizing antibodies in experimental animals and in a few humans so you know neutralizing antibodies that suggest maybe some protection but we don't know what kind of strains are going to predominate this fall and winter so uh it's very varied across the board very inconsistent Uh, tufts university dropped its requirements that students receive the bivalent COVID 19 booster uh, Harvard and Stanford sticking to their guns about the booster. You must have a booster. And it's all over the board. Uh, Fordham University uh, has not budged here in New York either. Uh, so uh, many other institutions, University of Cincinnati, University of Hawaii, they dropped their vaccine requirement entirely. Uh, and that's to the good, because I think it needs to be an individual decision and not something that is forced. There's no, there's no evidence that using the vaccine will reduce the transmission. You might say, well, we don't want to have a big outbreak of COVID when all the students come back together, uh, and start partying here at our college. Well, if it was convincingly demonstrated that the vaccine could reduce transmissibility, I'd say, well, at least there's some rationale. We don't want everybody to get COVID, but there's scant evidence. That the vaccine will reduce transmissibility. It might, and it's big might, reduce severity of COVID in some individuals, but many individuals already have taken the vaccine, don't need the boosters, and many have had COVID. So why, oh, why are these colleges, which are places of learning and science, being so darn unscientific about it? And many health professionals, I'm not an outlier here in suggesting that we remove the vaccine mandate from colleges and universities and schools, because especially for these young people, uh, little benefit and sufficient risk to say, let's forego it. Let's see, first of all, even if the vaccine has any efficacy whatsoever, whatsoever in the fall and winter. 877-726-8255, our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine.